Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. Born into the distinguished and politically powerful Breckenridge family, Mary Carson Breckenridge's journey through personal tragedy paired with the desire to serve those whose needs were greater than her own led her to establish the Frontier Nursing Service in 1925. The first American trained nurse and midwife, Mary recognized the the deficient health care in the mountains of eastern Kentucky and sought to provide infant and maternal care. The arrival of World War II sent most of the Frontier Nursing's British staff home and prevented traveling abroad from midwifery training. The obstacle didn't hinder her as Breckenridge founded the Frontier Graduate School of Midwifery in Hyden. In 64 years of providing care, the Frontier Nursing Service aided more than 90,000 patients and assisted in 22,477 births. Only 11 mothers were lost during childbirth. Breckenridge developed an innovative program for health care in rural areas that is still used as a model throughout the world. Mary Carson Breckenridge, one of the Kentucky Humanities' 27 Chautauqua performers, currently is touring the state. Portraying Breckenridge is the distinguished and accomplished veteran actress Janet Scott. And Janet, welcome to Think Humanities. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here, Bill. So before we talk about Mary Carson Breckenridge, mm-hmm. let's talk about Janet Scott <laughs> and your uh, travels, your, uh, your growing up in Kentucky and leaving and um, seeking fame and fortune in uh, the Big Apple and then returning here. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I think that we're going to have to um, uh, adjust the facts. It's important that we do that these days. And so I can uh, tell you a little bit. I'll tweak the story a bit. I I was born in Norwich, Connecticut. My dad was at Yale Divinity at the time. Uh, I I grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio, which is how I came to decide to do Mary Settles for the first Chautauqua. My mother had worked with the Shaker Historical Society, and when you attend the Shaker Public Schools, you learn Shaker history, and it's a privilege and a rarefied sort of piece of American history that uh, makes me great. It's on the list of all the reasons I'm grateful for the humanities. Uh, I went to New York City Uh, to be a freshman in college at Barnard College. And so at that time, I was a clarinetist and a ballet dancer, and I started acting at Barnard and uh, had the real privilege to play classical material and absurdist plays, and I, I really... Uh, And, oh, uh, the other piece of it, Bill, is that at that time, Columbia University had a preeminent English department. Uh, These were still single-sex institutions. I went to the women's college. uh, The men went to Columbia College. We did our core curriculum at Barnard. And then we could do our electives at Columbia or Barnard. 
And so I had the opportunity to read, uh, goodness, hundreds of plays. I, that may be an exaggeration, but that's where my drama kicks in, at mm. least a hundred plays, mm-hmm. with, oh my, the leading Shaw scholar, uh, great Shakespeareans, you know, I took full, we read the folio at Barnard, and then I reread it at Columbia. So uh, really, my first love of the theater uh, came through dramatic literature. And so then, at that time, (laughs) at my advanced age, uh, at that time, there were only really two MFA programs. Uh, people trained uh, as actors in professional studios. Yale had a, the MFA and Juilliard did. But it was also a time in the business where uh, you really had to be studio trained to work in entertainment. And if you went into graduate school, it really was for the purpose of becoming an academic. Now, of course, MFA programs across the country, I think, probably have kept the art form of theater alive now more than ever. Uh, But stage training was in the studios. And so this is really the other important piece, I think, of of my uh, privilege in my training as an artist, that when I came out of Columbia, there was a constellation in New York City of the great acting teachers of the 20th century. And they bore the legacy of the group theater, which bore the legacy of of Stanislavski, who we talk about as the father of modern acting technique. And so really the tradition was when you came out, you visited the studios to decide who you wanted your teacher to be. So I looked at Sanford Meisner Teach, and I looked at Lee Strasberg Teach, and I looked at Uta Hagen, and then I walked into Stella Adler's studio and sat down because she was extraordinary. And I thought, for me, um, I, I feel I need to learn how to play female characters from a woman who's played them. And uh, my entire career, of course, has largely been playing women. <laughs> you know, some others are made up people, but. So it's a long answer uh, to a short question, but I guess uh, the, I really think in summary, and I will summarize this because this background that I have of uh, a vi- great, for- great good fortune in my education, Uh, the product of public schools, the Shaker Heights public schools, being the daughter of a clergyman, being the recipient of financial aid throughout, you know, and scholarships, but to have those opportunities in the public sector, then really uh, I was trained for the nonprofit sector Mm. uh, in the same way all public servants are. And so... My work in my art form has not been in the, I, I actually, it's ironic, I have worked a good deal in the entertainment business, you know, and I haven't pursued that work, and it has pursued me at times, but the real work to which I am committed is community-based arts programming, and uh, I've been the, I, I had the great privilege of those kinds of programs when they were still in the schools, 
and in the churches. And um, so here we sit today, you know, here we sit today at the Kentucky Humanities Council. And that, that, that's how a New York actress came to be here. Tell me a little bit more about uh, your New York experience sure. and, and sure. Uh, some of the work that you did there mm-hmm. and the, uh, the forming of, um, of some partners there that, that, mm-hmm. that allowed you to, uh, to really, it could have kept you there, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure, for, for your entire life. But we'll get could to have. the Kentucky part of the story uh, <laughs> in, in a moment. But tell me about that sure. part of, of your sure. career. Uh, sure. Well, um, you know, uh, uh, I think that what happened with myself and many American artists uh, when uh, 9-11 occurred, uh, uh, the destruction we all know, and uh, uh, I was so fortunate uh, after living 30 years on the Upper West Side of mm-hmm. Manhattan to have lost no one of my personal friends. It's, it's extraordinary. But uh, my, I had a theater at that time. I, I had a 4,000-square-foot uh, complex in, in what is now Chelsea. At that time, it was still underdeveloped. It, it was the old Furrier district uh, and flower market. Beautiful, beautiful block, uh, 28th between 6th and 7th. And I had a company, and we built studios, and we built a 75-seat black box. And at that time, I had uh, created and directed a program uh, that was the last request for proposals that came out of the Department of Cultural Affairs of the City mm-hmm. of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was no longer funding. It's, it's extraordinary to believe that, um, or to know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a city that understood itself as a, a cultural leader in the world mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in, in the early 90s. Uh, no longer funded uh, uh, the Department mm-hmm. of Cultural Affairs. It's a long conversation, mm-hmm. but a, a precursor mm-hmm. uh, to many things. But this RFP bill uh, was for cultural institutions to create programming for eight to ten year, eight to twelve year olds that lived in temporary housing. Uh, and it was a partnership between the City of New York and the New York City Public Schools and arts organizations. And it came out of, you know, I'll digress for a moment, but I personally consider public school teachers to be the walking saints. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and again, it's a whole conversation. But um, therefore, these people, in the New York City public schools who were at that time teaching 40 kids in a stairwell, you know, I mean, in these neighborhoods uh, that were being served by the grant, uh, had, had come to uh, uh, the cultural affairs and said, we can't, we can't do it, and we have a problem where the kids that live in shelters are being beat up on the playgrounds by the other kids who have so little, you know, above them, and it's all... It's human nature, it's what we do, you know, sadly, in the human race. But uh, they asked for help uh, to provide something special for the kids that lived in temporary housing. A lot of the uh, families had been displaced at that time by Hurricane Andrew and had come to New York to live with relatives. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, had suffered burnouts, all, all, all kinds of reasons. So, so I wrote this grant and um, uh, I created a program and uh, it's still in operation today. I'm proud to say uh, it grew from, uh, from a, a 10 week, 10 session, uh, city funded um, offering uh, to a, a program that uh, provide, that became funded uh, by uh, extraordinary uh, support in the corporate and individual sector. Uh, I worked. I was. Par I worked primarily with the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council and with Art New York, the Alliance of Resident Theater Companies. I served on their board. I uh, did site visits uh, for the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council. Uh, so I, uh, I, I was an advocate in the uh, theater community, uh, the nonprofit sector, and so th what happened in my little world in 9-11 was that the uh, Lower Manhattan Cultural Council offices were in the South Tower. Mm. And by that point, my major funding uh, was from Goldman Sachs and Lehman Brothers. Mm. So, you know, I just thought, well, you know, I can ask for help any number of places. Let's start at Wall Street and work our way north. And, you know, God is good. So as it was right about that time that the brokerage houses were really being held accountable for their diversity training. And I said, great, mm. send me your senior executives and we'll go draw pictures with kids from homeless shelters. And I had to provide hot, nutritious meals. And I thought, well, I'm going to, I have friends that are chefs who uh, went in, who are very successful and just want to feed people that really need their food. So Placido Domingo sent, you know, paella for homeless kids. It was just extraordinary. I mean, what, you know, really, you just have to ask people, you know, you have to give them an opportunity. You give people an opportunity to serve, and I and I think that's the privilege that you enjoy, that I mm -hmm. enjoy. Yeah, people have big hearts. People do, mm -hmm. and and they wait to be asked. Mm -hmm. They wait to be seen that mm -hmm. way and recognized that way. And I think that is also one of the great privileges I enjoy in the Chautauqua program. Mm -hmm. You know why I treasure it. Uh, I will say the last piece of my New York experience that I think serves us both well <laughs> in our work together now with the Humanities Council is that I was very much a part of uh, an indigenous theater community at that time in New York City, in Manhattan particularly, where uh, actors who were trained in the ways that I, that I was and who uh, were educated in dramatic literature were called upon uh, to do readings. And uh, so, you know, plays that then went on to mm. go to Broadway, and Terrence mm. McNally needed his, his plays read, and the Coen Brothers needed their mm. scripts read, and so that was a very, you know, that was a very fun thing mm -hmm. to do because that was my community. Mm -hmm. So the actors that I knew, you know, we would go and we read scripts, and what do you think about this, and does this character work, and do these lines fit in your mouth, mm. and we had something to offer, mm. and uh, so. 
you know, the actually the Chautauqua characters are most like that to me. Mm. Uh, new played, or if, they're not plays, of course, we know that, but new work development. Well, they're, aren't they little mini one act? Uh, I think they are. They're narrative. You know uh-huh. what? You know, I'll say that. I, 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 I'm wrong about that. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, now, you know, the theater, uh, is something that uh, defines itself anew in each generation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm a stage actress, obviously, but, uh, the generation I serve now grew up on screens and is devoted in, in a theatrical context to storytelling, mm-hmm. monologues. Um, the Moth Radio Hour mm-hmm. is some of the great, you know, yeah. drama you can listen to. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I would say yes, of course. The Chautauqua are one mm-hmm. that plays their storytelling, their mm-hmm. character revelation. Hopefully, they uh, give um, challenge and message yeah. and describe conflict. Yes. So um, I, I apologize for being mistaken about. It. I thought you had some time in Kentucky before you. Um, Thank you, and you're right. And, and, Absolutely. But then you came back. I came back. But, my parents have <clears throat> always lived here, and <clears throat> my parents are. Uh, excuse me. My parents <clears throat> have always lived here during my New York time. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's still not yeah. right. My parents lived in Texas. Then they moved. <laughs> I'm a minister's child. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they came to. They came here. Yes. Thank yeah. you. My father and my mother and his his mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. Uh, uh, my grandmother came with them. She lived with them at that oh. time, and 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 she lived to be a hundred <laughs> in Park Plaza, where my yeah. dad, where I, I live now, and and my father uh, maintains an apartment there as well. So, uh, it, it, I would always visit. So, yes, Lexington um, was the home of my parents, and I enjoyed holidays here, yeah. and I'll cut, you know, as one visits one's parents. But um, no, it was not, not the place that I grew up, but it was certainly felt yeah. like home to me in a family way. Uh, so it was natural that I would come here in a time of crisis. And Kentucky has been so good to me. Did you think about going anywhere else, or was it just sort of? I'm, I'm. It's not going home because this mm-hmm. wasn't home, but it was. You were going to be with your father yeah. and your mother. Mm-hmm. My yeah. father and my mother and uh, my church. Yeah. I, I, I was a member of. Uh, I went to church in New York at Abyssinian Baptist Church huh? in Central Harlem. It's great, great <laughs> church where uh, uh, Head Start. Started oh, at really? Adam Clayton Powell's oh. former church. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Calvin Butts was the pastor there and, I, and continues to be. Uh, but great church of social activism and conscience. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, but Central Christian Church mm-hmm. here in Lexington is the um, historic, uh, you know, the Disciples of Christ in which I was raised or our Kentucky, uh, you know, Cane Ridge uh, denomination. And so that's, you know, a large part of my life. So in that way, uh, coming back and, and having a church home and my parents uh, was of great comfort to me. Did you know that because it is and was your life that Acting and theater and writing and performing mm-hmm. would be a central part of anything that you did. Um, <laughs> you know, 
That's a great question. I knew it would be a part of anything I did. I'm not sure that Lexington <laughs> knew what that that had arrived, you know. And and it really was um, a wonderful period of time um, uh, for me. Uh, difficult the transition, of course. You know, very different environment, very different, very different um, arts scene. You know, uh, but. At the very beginning, uh, I, I went to places. I want to see, you know, what do we got here? I, I want to see the actors. And I was knocked out. Really? Oh, my goodness, yes. Now, Lexington, this region has always had very fine actors. Mm. And uh, they almost didn't know that, you know, about themselves in a, in a way. These were people who had uh, come out of really good training at the University of Kentucky, primarily. And were friends, you know, and colleagues, and wanted to put on plays, and had to have jobs and families, and live, you know, a reasonable life here. None of the things that we did mm-hmm. in New York. We don't. We didn't do any of those things. Uh, but had act, they had the. A, there was one distinguishing distinguishing feature of the acting community here that really excited me, and that was, uh, uh, and it, um. It was like a, a, a rotating repertory company. Hmm. There were just enough actors that they did all the plays, really, between them. And you know, and that makes for very, very fine acting. And in, in New York City, you don't have that. So you don't ha- and of course, uh, the only the, uh, remaining uh, supported company of actors now is the Cleveland Playhouse, and they're, fa- they're fabulous. Hmm. Because great acting comes out of longevity relationships. Hmm. And in New York, you have people who arrive from out of town and do a few plays uh, and then go on with their lives, mostly. Go back to L.A. Wherever. Do, do they uh, here uh, in uh, the central Kentucky uh, region, or, or for that matter, uh, anywhere else in Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, is the theater community growing? Are there more well, qu- actors? Well, in- oh, yes. Well, we're growing yeah. here. We're growing here in Lexington. And I am thrilled about our new Actors' Equity Company because that does all kinds of things for the theater community here. What does that do? It provides professional uh, opportunity for young people who come out. You know, you have terrific training programs at SCAPA and, you know, at Dunbar and the high school training, the opportunities for... for, So not everybody has to go to New York, you know. Mm -hmm. They can start now at a professional company. They can get their union points. I'm a union actor. Uh, it's, we have a union company, and what that means then is that by having a professional house, it puts Lexington on equal footing with Louisville, Cincinnati, with Minneapolis, mm-hmm. with, with New York. You know, New York is a closed union shop. You, can, you can't go to New York and, and go on Broadway. You have to have a union card. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I mean, there are ways, but you, it's a closed mm-hmm. shop. And so our young people can start to build their careers here. And quite honestly, you know, uh, the overhead's low. You can re- lead a dignified mm-hmm. life in Lexington or stay with your mm-hmm. parents, for goodness mm-hmm. sake. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. scare them to death by moving to New York when you're 18. Yeah. Or, why, mm, why, but there's much more than that. Why uh, uh, does Lexington not have an actor's theater? Or do we? 
Well, I, Athens West is that. Is, is that, that company. Oh, yes. No. But Actors has been around for so long. Oh, and just... Actors Theatre of Louisville. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Um, Actors Theatre of Louisville uh, is, a, is prominent for many reasons. And uh, uh, an important one of them is that they have a presence in New York. Mm. Uh, in New York City... One of the things that we all, people like myself, wanted to do was uh, get to act at Actors Theatre of Louisville because the Humana uh, Festival of New Plays uh, always uh, generally uh, uh, produces on Broadway. And this weekend coming up is the professional mm -hmm. weekend, and uh, every regional theater uh, comes and shops for mm -hmm. material and for mm -hmm. actors. And then... And, and Louisville is known for great mm. stage actors because it's just like uh, the community I was in New York. You have to have uh, seasoned actors, educated actors to be able to develop new material. And so uh, Actors Theatre of Louisville, Louisville has that combination of uh, very fine professional pr apprenticeship training, fine technical training backstage, new plays under development, and uh, they cast in New York City. Mm. You know, uh, uh, you know the big fight for a person like myself coming out with my credentials was to sign with the agency that refers, that holds the look. Yeah. And I did do that. And I still think that's one of the yeah. great achievements. <laughs> As a New York actor, I could be seen at Actors Theatre of Louisville. But uh, so, it, in summary, Louisville's important because it's an important institution at the national level. And I will say, with great pride, that last year when I attended the uh, uh, Entertainment Business Weekend and my oldest friend from New York, mm -hmm. Mia Katigbeck, who founded the National Asian American Theater Company, was the leading lady of mm -hmm. Humana. We had a marvelous time. But I also walked around and saw colleagues, people I've had decades of relationships with and could say, oh my, they'd say, Janet, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, how's it going in Kentucky? And I'd say, fabulous. I'm part of building a new uh, equity house. And they'd say, are you kidding? Because yeah. no one can do that. Yeah. And Lexington can do that. Yeah. You know, the, the professionalism is here. The fine talent is here. I don't think that Lexington yet understands the value of this emerging cultural institution. Everyone should get on board mm -hmm. and help financially support this. Mm -hmm. it, again, constellation of great... Uh, talent. Bo List is a superb artistic director. He has all, and theaters across America rise and fall mm. on the abilities of their artistic director. Mm. John Jory made Actors sure. Theatre of Louisville. Yeah. You know, the Guthrie Theatre, Tyrone Guthrie, these are, you know, a, a, a theater company, you know, great plays need great directors, great companies need great artistic mm -hmm. directors. They define the season thematically. Bo does a marvelous job of that. They are the face of... Bo List, we're speaking Bo of. Bo List, um, thank you. Is, yes. He's our artist. Professor, artistic director, um, writer, um, uh, extraordinaire. Uh, extraordinaire. And a big part of Kentucky Humanities, Big too. part, a, a great cultural asset in the mm -hmm. region, and also a fine gentleman. Mm -hmm. He is the perfect face mm. and authentically mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. for theater people mm -hmm. you know we're 
we're people people don't quite know how to take us you know <laughs> actors are a liminal community <laughs> yeah as defined by other people yeah. and and it's a bit of a burden that yeah. we bear because we have to be willing to not have identities in ways that people can't see us be many things Bo is who he is he represents us and in our best self uh, and I told him, I, I, I already built a theater. I can't do it again, but uh, uh, you have me. Mm. You know, I will do anything because it's such an important project. Tell us uh, very uh, briefly, if you can, how you discovered, uh, what brought you to marry Carson Breckenridge and, uh, and the you. Chautauqua performer that you're thank taking you. all across the state uh, Absolutely. now? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to think for a moment because there were many factors Bill, it's a combination of her priorities uh, as an American, as a woman, matching up with things that I hold dear and important in life. I believe in the choices that she made. I, Janet, believe in the things that were important to her. So that's the first reason. Mm -hmm. I live inside her comfortably. Her story gives outlet for my soul. And we, and when you're an actor, you only hope that you'll get to have the kind of empathetic relationship that makes great art in what I do. Uh, we hope to have that with a character in our lifetime. We must have it with every character to some degree, but Mary is fulfilling to me artistically mm -hmm. and as a woman. As a woman, I well, as an artist, I, I think it's important for actors to have uh, an artistic mission statement of their own. We are independent artists of the theater, and I require that of my students. They have to define what is their art and why are they doing it? Mm -hmm. um, and so, because of Barnard, you know, I, I and because of my education, I, I wanted to see uh, great female characters and I wanted to be part of creating them. Yeah. So, that, those are my personal reasons. Um, but also politically, you know, I believe in what that woman was doing. Yeah. And, you know, she advocated for child welfare. She was one of the first. She advocated for health care at the national level. Uh, uh, she took a legacy uh, uh, of, of, of American life mm. and uh, uh, did something powerful for the least of these. You know, her is an extraordinary life, extraordinary life. And um, I don't know, I, I didn't know a lot about Eastern Kentucky. I, mm. I knew, I mean, when I started, I mean, I knew all the things, a general knowledge one will have. Uh, I knew the mythologies. I knew uh, why people loved the people they, that they mm. came from mm -hmm. there. But the complexity, <laughs> Yeah. Of how capitalism has worked in that region. We all it's need to know more about uh, oh, it's huge. Appalachia. Huge. huge. Really. And, and really, how it affects all sure, our lives. Sure, exactly. Right. And, and how it 
affects all of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Mary Carson Breckenridge, uh, with, with all of those oh, uh, eloquent... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. No, no, but just mm-hmm. with all the eloquent description you just gave us on, on, on how meaningful she is to you personally, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just one heck of a story. And you oh, know, you'll have to help me think here, mm-hmm. uh, live on the podcast here. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head, and I may be wrong about this, of another Chautauqua performer uh, who's currently uh, touring Kentucky, uh, 27 of them, that uh, has a story that still resonates and lives today. The Frontier Nursing Service, uh, the school, the university, mm-hmm. is still very much... Um, in growing. fact, it's growing. It's growing. Now, do you oh, know yeah. of another... Can I you got, think of one? I can't uh, I'm trying one. to think real quickly off the top of my head. I know I'm probably over... Uh, looking someone, uh, Adolf Rupp, uh, our character Ed Smith plays so, so beautifully. Mm-hmm. They still play basketball at UK, but I'm, um, I, I, you know, this might be the only one. Well, thank you. <laughs> and that was also a conscious part of mm-hmm. my choice because, you know, even in her own time, Mary Carson Breckenridge was a controversial figure. Um, not by design or choice. She was a very private person, and she was an isolated person. Who goes to Haydn today? Mm. People don't go. No. Right? I, I, and having driven those roads, I, I can understand. Yeah, even today. And even just think today. back oh, that many years I ago. I think back, and yeah. I look at the footage uh, of that time. Well, I think, I think that Mary Carson Breckenridge is best understood as a visionary, and as uh, you know, she she wanted her work to go around the world, and she understood what it would take to do that. And she understood the Frontier Nursing Service as a demonstration project, as a model program for rural health care that could be replicated around the world. The fact that she got as far in her, the implementation of her vision. Uh, as far as creating a highly functional model in uh, frank, against mm. all odds mm-hmm. and succeeded at bringing um, the powers of, of the medical community internationally into eastern Kentucky to observe the work and then created training that still goes on today. You know, People that go to Frontier Nursing University learn the skills of their of their uh, calling of their discipline, as well as as well they are trained in uh, nonprofits uh, management and how to literally go into the field and create a nursing mm. service. And so I think it is that it mm. you know I just thought of this in the second, but. You know, it's really kind of like writing that grant, you know, for serving the kids in temporary housing in the middle of Manhattan because, uh, and having really no mm-hmm. training to do that sort of thing other than the way that I was raised and educated in the United States of America. Yeah. I think, I, I think that, it, that in some ways that explains, you know, the growth of moving out of Haydn and moving into this large campus in Versailles as, as the university is in a, the process of doing. And they have been so generous in my work. Well, you know, they, you know, they came and mm, watched yeah. these, these, these reviews and, you know, drove up because Mary Carson Breckenridge is an icon in the nursing community. Within this community that so few, you know, only nurses really know. She, oh, my 
you know, they read her autobiography, they read Wide Neighborhoods, and it is an ongoing source mm. of inspiration. I have had nurses tell me they keep Wide Neighborhoods on their, at their bedside so that any time they think what they're doing is hard, <laughs> they read about Mary yeah. Carson Breckenridge. Yeah. And so, the, you know, she was not creating personal legacy, though people thought she was. She didn't care. But... <laughs> She was creating legacy for her work that uh, the great blessing is ha has come to fruition and, and grows mightily mm -hmm. because we need it. We need her work around the world. Well, I know you want to do um, more of this um, uh, work. Uh, you, you want to, you're on a mission. You want to take the story uh, mm -hmm. uh, from, as they say, Pikeville to Paducah and, and all stops in between. And uh, you, you have a lovely personal story as well as a, a wonderful oh, story of, of her life that you really live. And uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're glad to have you uh, as uh, a Chautauqua performer at Kentucky Humanities. It's an honor and a genuine pleasure. And thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Mm -hmm.